If you call the Okanagan your home, you almost certainly know a business person. Entrepreneurship is in our blood, as is the incredible sense of community. So this podcast series is really about all of us, all of us who love local. It tries to tell the stories of the dreamers, the risk takers, the people who built this place and who put in new foundations to strengthen it every day. My guest for today has this uncanny knack of making the difficult seem pretty easy. But it's not through some magic, it's through hard work. Donald Kassa is a successful realtor in Vernon and Silverstar, and also a person who has contributed much to the community. I sat down with Don to talk about his hopes and aspirations for the community, as well as some of the challenges and the potential upside he sees for the local businesses that operate out of here. I would just start by introducing my guest of today, um, the well-known realtor, and more than that, Don Kasser of, uh, of Remax Vernon. Have I got that right? Perfect. Yeah, I'm exactly. Well, welcome to the show, and thank you so much for giving us your time. Um, you know, as you know, this show is all about showcasing the best of Okanagan and uh, our locals who, you know, who do do so much for the community. So um, it's a thrill to have you, uh, having known you for a few years and everything that you do. But uh, maybe if you could just tell us in a few words how, you know, I know you're from here, so how you came to be what doing what you're doing and, well, and where you see sure. it's going. I'd be pleased to. When I graduated from university with a business degree, I didn't know what my, whatever you wanted to do with my life, so I took two days of uh, IQ and aptitude testing at the Vancouver Vocational Institute. Yeah. And believe it or not, they told me I should be doing this. And 45 years later, I'm still doing it and love it. I love going to work, obviously. If you're dealing with somebody who's got some big personal problems, it's not the best, but yeah. it's never as ideal in any circumstance. Yeah. So I've, I've just been fortunate. I've uh, come across a, a, a field of endeavor that I really enjoy. I enjoy going to work. I'm blessed. I got a happy, happy wife, happy life. A couple of lovely dogs here hanging out. That kind of stuff. And a, a, a bevy of friends from locally and around the world. And I'm a very content individual. Yeah. And just uh, let's go back a second to the you know business degree. Uh, obviously, you decided to pursue that. Mm-hmm. Um, your dad was involved in this with this um, mountain here before Correct, that, yes. right? Yeah, my dad and his friends started this ski resort in uh, 1958. Yeah, and it's on its fourth sort of machination of ownership right now, mm-hmm. and it's moving ahead very wonderfully. It's, it's exciting. Yeah, and he uh, was it his idea that you do a business degree, or was oh, that you? No. Yeah, it was my idea. I went to university because I didn't want to work. <laughs> Don't be old, yeah. And I thought a business degree would be a, a good, well-rounded education. Mm-hmm. And, and it sure, I'm sure, you know, in hindsight it was, right? I think so, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm confident of it, yeah. Yeah. And, and so uh, tell me a little bit about this aptitude test, because that's the first time I've heard a career choice being based on, on tests. Is that really what it said? I mean, Well, correct, yes. What I did is that I studied a lot of psychology at university. Right. I thought that would be very useful in, the, you know, in common sense daily living, mm-hmm. understands perception, etc. And so I've done enough of these kind of things that I realized that if you're forthright and you answer them honestly, yeah. Uh, it'll help you out because I frankly had no idea what I wanted to do. I knew I wouldn't fit in too well. I got a deference for accepting authority, mm-hmm. um, very low academic achievement need, 
they're surprised I got through high school, let alone university. <laughs> just that it wasn't the university wasn't that difficult for me. Yeah. And uh, um, so that brought me to a, a great position in my life. A fellow named Mickey McDowell, who's an industrial psychologist, very well-rounded as a sports person yeah. and business person, got me involved in this. He was on the board of the Vancouver Vocational Institute. Then he analyzed my results after the fact and helped point me in the right direction. And I've been thanked him a number of times throughout my life, hmm. and I'm very pleased. I bet. I mean, uh, and, and, and I've heard you say often, I've, I've seen you uh, at work, and I've heard you describe yourself often as, you know, solving problems and yes. uh, getting people to what they what they need and what they want. Yes, right? well, so my biggest skill set is probably being a problem solver mm -hmm. and having empathy to put myself in the other person's shoes. Right. And that way you can get a meeting in the minds where everybody walks away and hopefully feels good. Yeah, I bet it does. Not and, always. <laughs> and did you uh, start your real estate career in the valley, or uh, you know, did you come back from Vancouver to do that? I no, I started in Terrasdale area of Vancouver. Right. Yeah. And uh, an old, uh, old, uh, old established company. Yeah. Then I realized that uh, I I didn't want to be a, a big city realtor. It's not my thing. Mm -hmm. I prefer small town where people make appointments to come and see you yeah and you go do your work yeah and so that that was a, that was the move to Vernon from correct there? yes that's where I came from awesome um, and you know in terms of uh, was your dad still involved with the mountain at that point oh, or certainly, was he yes I started real estate in 1975 he sold out here in 1981 right right okay um, and, and in terms of you know uh, the Okanagan was obviously a very different place to what it is now Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Markedly different. Yes. I don't know if you're aware, but uh, up until 1990, we didn't have the internet and we didn't have any cell phone service in the interior of British Columbia. We had it in Vancouver. Right. I remember one of my classmates from the university was getting a, a phone. He's a real estate developer. Yeah. He's getting a phone put in his car. And I said to the fellow on Barrage Street, right by MCL Motors, what's the chances of getting cell phone service in your mobile home? service in the interior of BC. He said, beyond hope, there's never, no hope, it'll never ever happen. <laughs> well, look at this now. Absolutely. With this, like I've, you lived in Hong Kong, I've been there a number of times on business and pleasure, and um, the evolution of communications through mainland China um, is dramatically influenced by mobile phones. Yeah, yeah. No, it's, uh, it for sure is. And, and one of the things that, uh, you know, contrasting where you, where you, where you started the uh, the environment in which you started the real estate business here. Um, I was talking to Brian James, for example, and he talked about unemployment in the summer, which mm -hmm. was, uh, you know, in the winter, which used to be really high before the hills took off. Correct. So it must have been a completely different world and, you know, different market. Oh, my gosh. Like, when I started out selling real estate, we used carbon paper. Uh, if we're doing a, a deal with somebody out of town, uh, we'd go see Mr. Williamson at the, te the telegraph office and we sell a te send a telegram. Right. I can't recall how many people I've dealt with today in the course of my business day who are uh, in other parts of Canada or other parts of the world Yeah. because of the nature of my business. Yeah. And it's just a whole evolution. Yeah, I bet it is. And so back then, was it, you know, what were the, what was the product you were selling? Was it people just moving to the interior or was it local people it, buying? Back then it was more local movement and, and, you know, some people moving here, but not like we have now. Mm -hmm. uh, the growth of Silver Star Ski Resort, Mount Silver Star Mark Resort, has 
brought international buyers. Witness yourself. Yeah. And uh, obviously, a different year here. We don't have the Australians, New Zealanders, people from Hong Kong, wherever. Uh, but it's a, a whole evolution, and uh, that's changed the nature of our business. Yeah. And as you used to live at Predator Ridge Golf Resort, you know there are people there from diverse backgrounds from many, many places in the world. Yeah. So you, your, uh, your, your market of buyers has really expanded, and to your point. Up here, internet. in a normal year, this is not a normal year, but in a no, normal year, we would generally d deal with about people from buyers from maybe half a dozen different countries. Mm -hmm. And then you'd have to educate them to what's going on here so they have an appreciation and comfort and that type of thing is it's very nice yeah i bet it is uh, i just want to go back to a little story uh, from you know which is outside of real estate really because um, I, I i still remember the picture which used to hang uh, in the den um with the holden oh, and yes. uh, and uh, the two of you did some kind of crazy adventure in the outback mm -hmm. yeah um when was that and tell us a little bit about that 2002 yeah i got a phone call one night i think in the winter time yeah, I think in the winter, a friend of mine from Sydney, Australia, inviting me to go on a car rally across Australia mm -hmm. to raise funds for the Flying Doctor Service. So we, were, we started, he lived in Sydney, we went up to Coffs Harbour, we ended up in Perth. And the purpose of this was to promote travel on the Outback Highway. Right. To give people comfort that they could actually safely go and drive across the Outback of Australia. Mm -hmm. So we raised a million and a quarter for the Flying Doctor. I got off the phone call with his boss, said to my wife, Bob. I'm going to Australia for a month to drive across the country. That went down like... Uh, that wasn't bad. Huh? Okay. She's probably happy to be rid of me. <laughs> and that uh, was a great experience. Uh, the middle of Australia is, uh, is different. It's not like the Rocky Mountains, I can tell you. Mm -hmm. It was a great experience and very interesting people. We had 100 cars in this, plus support vehicles. People, I was the only Canadian. Um, it was fun. <laughs> I bet it was. Yeah, yeah. And, and the real estate business just waited till you are back because it's... Uh, oh, I had somebody take care of it. I'm sure Made you Made the phone call. <laughs> Not much. Yes, I, I, I know um, I've played golf with you and uh, mm -hmm. seen you on the phone call. It, you never stop working, do you? Not really, no. I really like it. Mm -hmm. I really like it. Very short attention span is a big problem for a lot of people, but it's not for me, but uh, the, because of my, the way I look at things, I really enjoy this business. I, I service all aspects of the of uh, real estate. I'm chairman of the commercial division for the Okanagan Mainline Real Estate Board for the last eight years. Yeah. Involved in all sorts of things, development, etc. Yeah. And then that uh, that commercial side is one that uh, that is of interest because, um, again, Vernon has historically been a small, uh, you know, small community. Yes. Um, not as much commercial growth, though it's, it's you know, it's certainly building. Um, so how, you know, what took, drew you to commercial real estate? And well, because I have a business degree. Right. And, uh, you know, it's it's more fun to sell something for twenty times as much money. Mm -hmm. And uh, when you're dealing with commercial real estate, generally you're dealing with an informed buyer, and it's quite interesting. Right, right. They have metrics, and you know, yes. all the yeah buying process is quite and, different. Yeah, it is, and it's it's just fun because uh, it's just much more interesting. I'm sure it is, but you know, you you I know you. You are capable of simplifying things, but you know, going into the detail as well. Yeah. And and uh, you know, the, the lawyers, for example, are a lot more involved in commercial, uh, you know, real estate. Oh, oh yes, yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, how do you wrap your around, head around all of that? And I mean, obviously, you know it now, but well, you just the biggest thing you do, like everything, is your business included, is 
you want to be well prepared to have, and when you take a product to market, you want to take it to product the product to market when you've done all your investigations and have complete information for every aspect. Yeah. So then when a, a buyer comes along, you don't have to say, well, I don't know or I'll find out. You say, hey, here it is. Review the facts. Yeah. And then it makes for an easy process. Yeah. It's, um, it's like everything in game of life. You, if you do your work right and do it thoroughly and professionally at the start, everything falls into place and it looks easy. Yes. And that's a, that's a really good point. looks easy because, um, you know, the one thing I will say about you is, in general, you make everything look easy, but I can see that there is work and preparedness that goes into it. Um, oh, surely. But if you do it right in the first place, then you reap the rewards and you get lots of freedom. Yeah, absolutely. And it's uh, it's particularly impressive, you know, because we've talked about discipline in doing business mm -hmm. and, and this product, which now it's a lifestyle and, you know, the Okanagan and yes. uh, up on the mountain. And you're selling happiness and a good lifestyle as well. So, Correct. you know, um, do you find that it's almost easy to make that sale or do you still think that it's uh, it still needs the same discipline? Oh, no, you have to have discipline. Like, as I tell you, not everybody in my business is completely thorough and it's kind of frustrating. But if you if you do your job properly, it just comes together and it's fun. Yeah. yeah. Not always. You know, we've got the whims and vagaries of the economy. We've got the challenges of COVID now. Um, that type of thing, but you just work with it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, well once you start at the start, before you know it, you get to the end. But you got to start at the start. Absolutely. The uh, it's it's interesting, uh, you know, coming back to COVID because that comes up in most of my discussions with people. Mm -hmm. The real estate market seems to have uh, seems to have weathered it pretty well, but obviously businesses who you work with quite often, not many have, uh, you know. Well, Mostly it's very, very challenging. Yeah. You know, we have some tenants that we we assist with reduced rents. Yeah. That type of thing. Um, obviously, we deal with distancing. Our office downtown right now is closed. You have to have an appointment. Uh, and we try not to encourage people to come into the office. Yeah. When we're showing property, we have to follow process and protocol and be respectful, um, as does everyone else. Yeah. No, I'm sure it's... Um um, and to your point, your, some of your tenants and businesses, because it's a, I know it's a long-term relationship for you. It's not just yeah. finding a place yeah. and being off. Um, how, you know, what are some of the ways that you've seen them adapting, changing and struggling in the last year? Well, the, only, the only aspect that I can help with is by amending rents and working with the federal government on the, the rent subsidies and that type of thing and, mm -hmm. and showing compassion and respect and communicating and trying to work through the issues. Right. Mm. Um, and in terms of, uh, you know, that uh, that subject, in terms of what you see going forward as well, um, do you see that real estate in the Okanagan, the interior, is just going to keep growing because people, and especially over the last year, have realized that they want to be away from the big cities? Yes. I... Um, I... Uh, have been through many ups and downs in the real estate world. Yeah. And when things are poor, we still do quite well in the Okanagan Valley because it's, you're, you moved here because it's a nice place to live. Yeah. And we have stability because it's a nice place to live. And then a lot of people have come here over time and brought their business with them and established their business here. So we've been extremely fortunate that uh, the peaks in the valleys have not had such a great variance as compared to some places where 
people only go because it's a good place to make money, but it's not a good place for quality of life. Yes. And this, as you know, you're more traveled than I. Uh, this is a great place to be. That's a, that's a great point, actually. And uh, it's something for all business owners who work here or live, you know, have the business here. Keep in mind, because it, you know, it does relative to other places. Uh, it stays buoyant. Sure. And another thing is this. You know, you moved here. Uh, I moved here. I came here when I was three. I didn't have any input in that. Yeah. And uh, it's a great place to be an employer because your employees would generally be quite happy here. Mm. And then you have a lot of uh, loyalty and longevity with employees and would not be so subject as you would be in a, in a large center to raiding it's that, that type of situation. Yeah, yeah. So it provides for a stable workforce, a happy workforce. So Don, I mean, uh, as you said, there have been four uh, iterations of ownership of the mountain right. since, uh, since it started. And the latest is powder, and there's also uh, the move towards a resort association, which, in my opinion, is long overdue. Yes. And you were part of. So, tell us a bit more about what you see the future of the mountain, and not just the mountain operator, the mountain yeah. as a resort. Well, I think the mountain is. We're blessed to have uh, new, uh, well-funded ownership. Mm -hmm. uh, our previous ownerships have all been wonderful. Mm -hmm. uh, great uh, uh, former owners that I have the highest respect for. I've worked with all. All different, uh, all the different groups of owners. Yeah. And uh, what I'm excited about is the time going forward because we, in our skiers, are, are competing globally for the skier visit. Yeah. So we need to be cumulatively provide good information, good marketing, and a reason for our uh, the skiers to come to our resort compared to another one anywhere in the world. Yeah. We have a, a, a favorable uh, uh, exchange rate with the U.S. dollar, which makes us quite positive. Uh, we have strong support globally. I've been to um, friends places, uh, to events in Australia, Hong Kong, uh, Hawaii, all over the place uh, where the common bond we had was all for a love of the ski resort. Yeah. And uh, so that's exciting. And I, I've been very blessed in that I've had a, around a 30-year business partnership up here at Solarstar with uh, with Priscilla Sukron, and uh, we own this premises together. Mm -hmm. um, it's a great relationship. It's a long partnership. Um, now, under, under the new rules, she represents the sellers. I represent buyers. Yeah. The, the ban on dual agency, and uh, it's. I've been very, very blessed. We've been involved in virtually every project at Silverstar since the late seventies, in some way, shape, or manner. Yeah. And uh, find find it exciting. And the new owners. If you were to Google them, Powder Group, P-O-W-D-R, have 10 resorts in the United States. They have uh, five Woodward Centers, other businesses, etc. Mm -hmm. So we, being the poor country cousin with the, the weak Canadian dollar, can't help but benefit from that association with 10 major resorts in the United States. And as you know, you've got a number of friends from all over the world. Um, people come along. It's a big effort to come here from Australia or Hong Kong or New Zealand. Yep. Or, or UK, UK much less. And those people, the common bond is this, whether they own a place or they come here as a, as a return visitor, is they all love the place. And it's an effort to come from those places. And that's a testament to what is offered in this resort. Yeah. Um, I'm involved with all the business people here. I'm co-chairman of the Resort Association, which is a three-year-plus effort in order to... Uh, 
go forward to help with the marketing and lobbying for funding for amenities for our resort. And uh, that is now just coming into fruition. I'm actually having a Zoom call at 5.30 because I'm uh, running the nomination committee, nomination committee for our first election. And we're excited to do that. Excellent. And uh, we've commissioned an uh, executive officer on a six-month trial basis. And we're very excited how it's going forward. And we, we cumulatively, the community, will receive all sorts of benefit over time if we get the right people running for office who can lobby different various and sundry agencies on our behalf. Absolutely. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, I mean, I have to say the community is too because realistically there are so many things which fall between the gaps of the mountain operator and, you know, and no one. Exactly. Um, which, which this uh, body will, you know, can take forward. Too true. And, you know, on my, my, I've got a lifelong association of, of, with this ski resort and grew up in the ski industry. And uh, I'm, ex I'm very excited because with every different change of management, um, um, we've been involved and are very excited with the working relationship where everybody works together for the common good of our community. Yeah, no, that's, uh, that's definitely something which can't be said for everywhere. So, thank you for playing your part in it. Neither you nor I are going to make a cure for cancer. <laughs> in the game of life, we're not going to really do anything that's that meaningful, except to our families and our friends, and, for, and uh, to enjoy our lives the best for our ability. Yeah. And uh, how about you, you know, looking forward? I mean, is this, this is obviously home. Uh, it is going to be forever home. I know you love what you do. Uh, do you ever see a full stop in terms of the real estate business and what you do? or? I think I'm going to carry on doing this as long as I'm uh, mentally able to do it. Mm -hmm. And because uh, I really like it. And my son works with me. I got another good support staff and business partnerships. And um, just a very pleased individual. You certainly are. Yeah, and no uh, plans to go anywhere. I'm kind of boring. We've had the same house in the lake since 1984. Yeah. We lived up here in the same house for 30 years. Well, a house with the lane with your name. Yeah. 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 Exactly. And, uh, but, you know, hopefully more days on the slopes on the golf course in future. I would hope so. Yeah. Yeah. As we should. Yeah. I'm not going to hold my breath for that because uh, <laughs> you, you just love what you do too much and we all know that. Oh, no. It's all great. It's really good. It's, it's enjoyable. Um. Uh, I can only golf so many days a week. Yeah, this is true. This is true. Um, I, I truly appreciate you taking the time down to talk to us and sure. to talk to people and you know explain to them how your business works because you know from the outside it's a very successful real estate business and it's uh, as I said you make things look easy. I have worked with you in terms of you know um, buying and selling places and I know the detail and the discipline that you go into. Um, so. I'm glad that came out uh, to people. So thank you for taking the time. You're welcome. It's enjoyable. Thank you. You're very welcome. It was interesting listening to Don talk about his career choices and how he came to be in his career for 40 plus years and also the way he approaches life and business. The basic philosophy of enjoying what you do and making sure you do the right things for your family, friends and community is one that we can all aspire to live by. Thank you for your time, Don.